Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday afternoon, one of two, I should say, one of the two double-deckers that we have going on at the Dan Sins Chat Corner. Um, first and foremost, I want to say thank you so much to everybody that's been listening lately. I am owing you a debt of gratitude for all the kindness and all of the patience and, and everything that you've done for myself as well as to the artists and individuals who participate on our show, I have to say that it takes quite a cumulative effort on my part and the part of publicists and artists and everybody that's out there. So I never want to be unappreciative of the um, talent that comes on here, nor, of course, the individuals that take their time to listen to the show. So first and foremost, thank you very much about that. Um, today, of course, is our returning and our third returning visit for Angelo Tristan. I just He's like one of my absolute favorites, and I always get excited when he comes on my show. So without further ado, we're going to get him on the line. And then, of course, at 6 o'clock tonight, of course, it's our favorite Milwaukee locals, Kiss tribute band, Dr. Love. Okay, so let's get on to Angelo first and see what he has to say. Hello. Hey. Hello. How you doing? It's you. <laughs> I feel, I just, I was just telling somebody, I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm like a little child. This is the third time you've been here. This is like becoming a tradition. I'm so excited. Yeah, man, you. Just, yeah, and I was very excited. Yeah, well, you know, obviously, like, every time, um, you, you know, we had to reschedule stuff, I was, uh, yeah, and no, I was, I was, you know, very excited, been excited for a long time. Yeah. Yes, my goodness, and I see you just got a job offer. Well, I don't want to call it a job offer, but I see my friend Deborah Patricia Wood posted up on your wall there. So hopefully you can. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We well, just replied to that. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to see see what I can yes. do for that. Yes, exactly. So, um, what's going on? What's happening? You're not married yet. Wait, let me, wait. <laughs> I have the perfect intro. No, don't say it yet. Don't don't. Let me <laughs> read this to you first. I'm going to read no, this to you first, and then you can answer. Okay. okay. Um, no. Obviously. You've Okay, I'll start and then you go. How's that sound? Um, right, yeah, I think there's a bit of a delay on. probably on the on the phone. Oh, that could very well be. I keep forgetting that because you know, for those of you that don't know, Angelo of course is in London, and I of course am here in the states. So when I'm talking and he's talking, we're probably missing one another. Um, so I'll uh, I'll read to these fine folks what I have to say here. Um, obviously, it's been a while since your endeavors have ended up at my doorstep. Um, We have so much to delve into, of course. Um, And as I've said earlier, I wanted to discuss your legacy as far as uh, in the lyrics that you do, but also in your love life. So here in the States, Valentine's Day, huge. I mean, like, if you miss it, you'll be sleeping probably outside for a month. So I know you're (laughs) going to tell me now that you're going to surprise her. There's going to be a wedding. There's going to be something, anything. Um, Well, you know, like we're... uh, I mean, yeah, no, well, you know, well, well the marriage, uh, the, the wedding yet is, um, is is not yet being decided. We're still, you know, we kind of, um, we do want a perfect sort of, you know, wedding and stuff. And obviously, as a as a as a musician in this day and age that hasn't cracked the the full industry yet, it's, it's kind of hard to sure. to get the sort of funding, if, if you know, if you know what I mean. But we, you know, we're mm-hmm. not, we're we're happy at the moment, and um, you know, we know we're getting married and and stuff. So I mean, we're just looking forward to it, and um, you know, just it, I guess you can look at it as we got, you know, she's got more time to plan for her wedding dress and to get everything perfect because you know how women are like, you know, get to the last minute and suddenly yeah. everything will change. Yes. This happen. This won't happen. Yes. Won't happen in this circumstance, you know. So, and that's a good thing about mm-hmm. it. And um, yeah, so I mean, mm-hmm. we're just looking forward to it, really. <sighs> but not yet. Oh, I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gonna, he's going to come on. He's going to tell me, yes, we're going to do this soon. It's going to happen. <laughs> but you keep me waiting and waiting no. and waiting. Yeah, it's it's going to come, though. Don't worry. And and you will be. You you know you will definitely be invited. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And you know my future husband's right there where you are. You know in London, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. There right now. You can find him for me, yeah. and we can go together. Hello, I'm just saying. Everyone's yeah. out there. Not that uh, I love America. Right now, it's funny. Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay. Um, I want to start by talking about a small. I'm going to do a short background on you because some people that are listening yeah. now may not have heard the last two interviews. So let me tell them a little okay. bit about you. Um. Our kinship actually occurred by fate because I literally found you while I was traveling around through tr- through Twitter. Your name just kind of popped yeah. up, and it said you're a musician from London. And I thought, what the hell? I was just hooked from that point forward. Um, <laughs> Angelo has uh, found favor in his U.S. country, Iraq, while being reared in the fancy French Alps, in case some of you didn't know that. Um, your illuminating inspiration 
to all kind of screams through your songs, these marvelous messages of love and hope and passion. Um, your early experiences, I know, in some of your previous bands kind of helped groom your gift, yet I know intuitively you kind of felt that there was just something where you were just not, you're just missing the mark somewhere. So luckily, yeah. Angelo kind of what we call gathered his gusto, with the result being, first of all, his self-titled MP, his, ah, if I can talk today, your self-entitled <laughs> EP. Um, so to, to either, you know, those that are first joining us or, of course, existing listeners, maybe describe both the offerings of that particular self-entitled EP, the people that haven't listened to it yet, and what you took the greatest pride in contribution-wise off of there, meaning the writing that you did or the playing that you did. Yeah, so I mean, the 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 EP in its entirety, um, I think, you know, is 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 got inspirational messages throughout, you know, and um, uh, the, the songs on there. There's four tracks on there that that were spread out. I think uh, in the writing period, I think you know, from when I first started to play music to to where I was at that particular time when the EP was getting recorded. So it's you know, it's it's got a good good got a lengthy time scale in, in there um so you kind of tell how i've progressed as a songwriter and, and and how i've progressed as a lyricist and and stuff like that and um if i was to go through the songs just you know quickly one by one you've got lying next to you which um you know of course i wrote uh whilst i was sitting in in you know my latter days of my college days um and i you know i just had nothing to do that day and i said you know what um and this is when i first met you know my my girlfriend my fiance and uh, I just I just decided to sit down and write this song, and uh, it just kind of came out, and that was a, that was the last song that I wrote for the EP, and uh, it turned out to be the most country sounding one, and I think that's what turned me into more of, towards country music, um, and I, I just yeah I had to go down that route because for me that just really kind of impacted me and impacted a lot of other people, and um, so there was there was a different sign there to tell me that I should go down that route, and uh, so that's obviously about love and. Um, you know about never letting each other go and just you know knowing that um, God or life or whatever has a, a perfect plan for you um, in every sin- single situation you know uh, and whether it be in your case bad or whether it be good uh, there's you know well mm-hmm. it, let me rephrase that there's no there's no such thing as bad you know it's, it's everything is good if you can look at it in, in that way um, even if I don't know you get asked to pay 200 pound bill or sorry 200 dollar bill um it's 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 a good, there is nothing bad about that you it's just your perspective on on how you should see life and that's how all the songs came came about really and you've got first words that basically really hit that um saying you know uh, we can make it on our own uh, with no one by our sides because in truth you know life you kind of you know life is a singular thing you live life by yourself yeah you've got other people around you but at the end of the day no one else is going to live your life for you so you're going to have to you know, go, grow up and, and um, kind of figure out how to live life by yourself. Um, and then you've got uh, When Faith Breaks, which for me was one of the most intriguing songs that I wrote. Um, and this is back when I was, you know, in, in my first, first band. And uh, I, I, I felt that I was writing it at that point for, for the band, you know, we can make it for us. Uh, sorry, this is When Faith Breaks now, so I'm getting a bit confused. Um, yeah. When Faith Breaks... Yeah, it's about um, uh, again the poverty in the world and how uh, how it's it's I mean how stupid it is really you know it's it's um, it's ridiculous how much poverty there is in the world and not only in the you know the the, the common sort of poverty countries that you expect but also you know as you probably know there's a lot of poverty in America and a lot of uh, poverty mm-hmm. over here in England even though it doesn't look like it uh, there still are and um, I think there's so much stuff that can be done to um, to resolve it to bring us together and to, to resolve that. And that's what When Faith Breaks was about because I, I feel that when I look at the TV and when I look at the newspaper and things like that, that, you know, our faith as a hu- as humankind is kind of breaking apart, not only because, you know, um, I think people tend, are tend well, in my eyes, are, are kind of getting a bit more greedy these days because, you know, money's, people find it much easier to get to places or whatever, but technology's making things kind of fall apart you know um and it just feels like faith is breaking around us and that's why that um that's how that song came about and i think i've written that i wrote that when i was about 16 or 15 so i mean i was quite hmm. very in touch with the world and what was happening at that time and then um I've, I've, you know obviously i'm coming home tonight which was the single and i've got great <laughs> acclaim for um up to, to this day and again I, I wrote that when i was 14 um and it was about 
literally at that time was about me coming home from work saying I never want to go to work again. It's boring. Mm. I don't like it. I just want to sit and play guitar and uh, just n not do anything. And um, over time, it became this song that people took um, as, you know, to themselves as they're coming home to their family or coming home to a situation in their lives or coming home to love or coming home to just to, I don't know, you know, it, it, it just meant something different to everyone else. And that's, um, that was the magic of the EP. Um, as Even though the quality of the recordings isn't to what I want it to be, because obviously the situation I was in, you know, I did it in my little home studio. Um, I think people got the message across and um, to themselves. And that, that was the magic of it for me, that it was just so gotcha. transcending. Sure. Question for you. I'm just curious now um, that it's been out long enough and such. How do you think the audiences are receiving it, not necessarily just in the U.K., but in the U.S. as well? Um, well, I mean, you know, I've, I've been speaking to um, a few people in the U.S., you know, over Twitter and Facebook and things like that. And there, there have been um, people that are really, really um, have been touched by the EP and um, in particular songs. But I've had... I've had a, a certain someone, I can't remember exactly the name, but um, who, who, you know, who, who I said, you know, listen, uh, I, I got speaking to this person and they, they told me about how, you know, what they're doing in America and stuff and how my song is influencing them and, and their family. And so I said, you know, I'll send you a couple of CDs um, through, through the post. I think I sent about three or four um, to this person and, um, you know, obviously for, for free because this, I, I love just music in general for free. I think it's just, it needs to be sure. done more. But, um, and I mean, and they, you know, they took it really well. I mean, I, I'm not really in touch with, I don't know really know how it's getting received over there. Um, I guess, I guess, you know, I'll have to wait until a few more singles are released and, and uh, a few more shows and hopefully, you know, I'll be like, uh, which I'll be mentioning later on, I'll hopefully be starting a tour at the end of this year or beginning of uh, next year and hopefully that will kind of get my name up, uh, out into the music business and I'll be able to kind of uh, touch America a bit more. Gotcha, of course. Now, I, and additionally, here's another good question for you. For you personally, how important is it that you gain notoriety in the U.S. as compared to the U.K.? Or is it just not, I mean, obviously I know you want to be famous, but I mean, is it is it more significant to you that you're loved by your home oh. as compared to no, out oh, here? Oh, like, you know what? I I I adore America. I America. To, I I you know I always say um, that I really feel that America is the place I, I my soul belongs. Um, I went there uh, for a holiday uh, in 2008. Uh, a, a, a big road trip. I went you know from California to uh, I think uh, where's next to California? California like Nevada and uh, uh, did a big base, basic circle um, through quite like four states. Um, and I mean you know, over 10 days, and that, just seeing the culture and the, the life over there, I just, I, you know, I always knew that America was, was, was a, a land of dreams, and I went there, and I saw it, and I just, I was like, this is it, man, this is, this is where I have to be, and um, since then, uh, well, even before then, I, I've always made it my goal to, to have, you know, a house there, and to, to be able to live and work there, and I mean, it's, for me, it's, I, I would love to be known in America, I think the UK, um, it's, the music scene is is a bit, I don't know, it's a bit poppy over here. I don't know, it's a bit electronic and poppy and a bit bubblegum sort of. And um, I'm not quite liking what's coming over here at the moment. And um, you know, obviously, I love the the styles of like Brad Paisley and Tim McGraw and you know all these American yeah. folk that are coming out in America at the moment that I'm listening to. And um, I think I think that music is is amazing. You know, it touches me and um, it's real music. And that's what I want to be involved in and hopefully meet these guys and you know, collaborate with these guys, and but they're all in America. So that's, I guess, to answer your question, yeah, I, I would, to be known in America would probably mean a lot more to me than being known in the UK. Gotcha. Okay, perfectly understandable. All right, I want to switch a little bit and talk uh, again some more about your background. Some people may not know this, that um, some of your acoustical stints um, have been offered at some of the um, various superior saloons, as I call it, in London, such as the Black mm. Cat. Churchill yes. Tavern and um, Sebright Arms, as well as now regular gigs at King Edward the Seventh in Margate. So two <laughs> topics here. Um, uh, I want to ask. Uh, as now, I'm assuming this is an assumption because, of course, I'm from the U.S. 
each establishment, I'm guessing, varies in both its style and its crowd. So does that mean that, A, you alter your songs and your style accordingly? And then second of all, have most of these gigs been places where there's what we call a country atmosphere, meaning they do primarily country, the accent, that sort of stuff? So maybe address those two things. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, like, uh, with um, how I've learned how to be, you know, what I've learned as a musician over the years is you have to be very dynamic and versatile and in, in how you play, you know, um, and I think that 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 comes across when you when you first start to play venues, uh, you start to realize the different sort of people that come and and, uh, you know, it might be an older um, age. So they're not going to like, you know, heavy rock right. stuff and loud vocals. They're going to they're going to want nice acoustic ballad sort of things. And, you know, I can come in uh, growing up as an acoustic guitar player and, and you know, uh, learning how to play Bon Jovi. They're, I mean, they're one of the yeah. best, uh, uh, in my opinion, um, probably one of the best that do that. They're so versatile, and I've I've learned how to do that is in to kind of take a rock song and to turn it into an acoustic version. And so then you've got best of both worlds. So yeah, I I, I do kind of manage my songs um, according to the venue, um, and and also at that in in the present time as well. Because I, if I haven't ever gone to the venue, I'm not going to know what what sort of style I need to do and I just turn up there and go right okay so the vibe I'm getting right here is that I need to do this and you go out and do that and um, but the the King Edward the Seventh um, venue that's uh, it's, I think it's about 10 minutes away from where I live and uh, it's uh, it's a nice. proper bikers bar it's a I mean I think you, you Americans would love it it's a proper bikers you know leather big jackets big beards you know all look like ZZ Top uh, and you know, on the, where I play, there's just a massive Harley Davidson parked, you know, right behind me, um, staring oh in my gosh. face. You know, so it's quite, uh, it's, 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 it's a surreal place to play. But they, um, they really enjoy uh, acoustic stuff because, uh, you know, I, I went there the other day, uh, last Sunday, and I played, and they asked me to play there now every other Sunday. And um, I mean, right. yeah, they love it. They love the acoustic stuff, and uh, it's weird because you'd think that they would love the heavy thrash metal, but no, right. they. they you know, they, they're sitting there, you know, like drinking their beer and their whatever and, and kind of, you know, they, they, yeah, they love it. And, um, but that's, that's um, yeah, that's, that's kind of primarily what I do is, is kind of switch up pro probably on the, as soon as I arrive there, I'll kind of decide what I'll do. Sure. Of course. Um, now, have you found uh, as far as, is there such a thing as, well, we call it here, just a dream joint, meaning if there's one particular place in London or in England that you'd want to play or be asked to play at? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, there's, there's actually, well, I mean, the O2. Okay. The O2. <laughs> no, the O2, the O2 is, is, is the dream place, I think, for, you know, you've heard of the O2, right? Um, very, very briefly, to be honest with you, so you might want to enlighten wow. me because I don't know a whole lot. Honestly, okay, I'm from the U.S. Wow. I don't live no, there. The, all right, well, the O2, the O2, I mean, uh, you know, Bon Jovi did a, like, was it a 22-night uh, uh, residency there, um, you know, and then, like, a couple tours ago. I mean, the O2 is, is, the, is probably, well, it's been recognized as the best music v uh, venue in the world. It's... Um, it was, uh, I don't know if you remember the Millennium Dome. It's the big white thing with the yellow thing sticking out of it. Do you, do you know what I'm okay. talking about? Um, yes, that's, I do. That's the O2. They, you know, they changed that up into a music venue, and it's, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. I think it fits about 20,000 people in there, but wow. that, is the, that, is the, that is the epic dream place to play. But in terms of where I am at now, uh, there's a place called the 100 Club um, in London uh, where you know, a lot of starting-out artists, uh, back in the day in the 70s, like Rolling Stones played there, you know, when, when they were first starting out, and um, uh, the Kinks and, and the, every, everyone that you can possibly name has played there. You know, it only fits about 300 people, and um, it's, uh, it's underground, uh, and it's, it's quite a grubby-looking place, but it's the, you know, the music is very, very raw there. And uh, if you want to get known, you know, by the, the industry, I think that's that's a place to play. But I should be able to play there soon because um, I'm at the moment getting a, getting a band together for for the you know my new phase of shows and tours and stuff. And hopefully this will be the last band I need to get together, and that will stick with me. But um, as soon as I get this band together, then you know I should be prepared to be playing in, in some of these venues. 
Gotcha. Now, I'm also curious, too, here in the States, of course, one of the things that I attend regularly, and I know a lot of musicians are big on, um, do you still have time to, or do you still participate in the open jam? Like, you just go out one night where you're off oh, and grab your guitar of course. and go to place never, and yeah, open you, jam? Honestly, you, you can't have, um, you know, uh, you, you, you have to, you know, that's, 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 that's the life of a musician, and um, that's, you look at, um, I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm, I just don't even know what to say. I just, I, that's what I love, you know. That's 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 um, that's something that I'll I'll always do, even if you know I I, I do manage to to be a, a multi-million uh, album seller. I'll always, always, always in my downtime go to to a bar or to a to a, a jam night and just just play with the local musicians because you know you you learn your craft in that situation, you know, and you meet the most amazing sort of people and the most amazing sure. characters. And um, you just you you learn a lot, and that's that's I think that's where you learn your your career and your craft because without that you're just by yourself, um, you know, either in your house or you're you're just playing these big shows and you're only knowing how to play your stuff. Whereas if you go to these jam nights, mm-hmm. you, you're you're learning about new characters and how to feed off people that you've never played with, and that to me is is very important because um, you you need that to be you know, to, to have a long success in music, you know, I'm talking about 40, 50 years now, um, you need to be able to play uh, with a lot of people. And you can't be picky. Like, you know, I see in the music industry these days, you've got all these artists that are just so in there, stuck in their ways. And you know that they've just been, I don't know, known, you know, someone watched a, a video on YouTube and then bang, they're a massive superstar. And it's just like too fast. You know, that that's not going to last. And um, you need to you need to build up your 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 fan base in that sort of way as well as going to jam nights and stuff. So I, I love it, man. And that's that's one thing that I'll, I'll I'll always do. Okay. Now one of the things that I wanted to ask you about because I know we've talked about this possibility before, and I don't know if it's come up yet. Um, are you currently working on duets, or are we still working on getting to the point where you're going to be collaborating with a second partner or second person and producing things together? Yeah. Um, so. Um, I don't know if you know, but uh, the UK is is uh, at the moment quite uh, big in in the hip hop industry and R and B industry, and um, uh, I've had um, a couple of you know chances to collaborate with you know certain R and B uh, artists and stuff, uh, and one of them is mm-hmm. actually quite you know well known and has gone to quite big uh, awards ceremonies like um, the Mobo Awards, which is uh, the Music of Black Origin Awards basically. So um, and uh, he's is this guy's called Youngo, and he's—I mean—he's got a lot of—he's got a big fan base, and has played at places like the uh, O2. This is what he's told me anyway, but he's played at places like the O2 to open up for certain people. And um, right. I've—I've I've had the privilege to be on a, uh, to record um, a song with him uh, on a chorus, and also this other guy called Nine Lives, who's um, an upcoming artist as well, who uh, is produced by uh, a Radio One producer, which the Radio One over in the UK is a very big radio channel, uh, which, you know, spans across the whole of the UK. And, uh, this guy, um, uh, the Radio One producer who produces this, um, artist asked me, can I, you know, uh, write a, a, a chorus to his song? And, uh, lucky enough, my, you know, um, my, my girlfriend helped me write the, the chorus to it and, uh, you know, the melody and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, recorded it in our in our home studio and stuff and sent it to him and he was very happy with it and wanted me to go in the studio in London and uh, I did it and he was very happy with it and that should be released you know hopefully again worldwide and, and stuff and played on radio and uh, but the perks of that is that this Radio 1 guy likes likes what I do as well so hopefully he you know he said that he'll be happy to promote you know any new singles on, on live on radio as well uh, across the UK so I mean you know you're hopefully okay. looking in the next four months for maybe hopefully um you know to to hear my stuff a bit more worldwide. Yay, I'm so excited. Oh. Okay, <laughs> let excitement there. Okay, let's talk a minute because again, another change since the last time we talked, which uh, one little added alteration is apparently you've accepted new management which is Broken Door Records. So maybe uh, you could talk a bit about um reason for the change as well as um how some of their accomplishments to date have best aided your career to this point. So yeah, so um, basically, like uh, I don't know if, if you know, I was on a uh, I was on a label called uh, Freaky Pug Records, and uh, yeah. you know that they, they were the first uh, label that I got onto uh, got onto, and that's uh, who I did with my EP, 
And um, towards the end, I think um, there was, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure what happened, but I think there were certain things happening within the label that, um, you know, I, I, I don't really know what happened, but basically it wasn't, it wasn't for me. And um, there was uh, one of my really good friends called Tom Palloway, uh, who's now my manager. Uh, Tom Palloway, he, um, he, he runs, uh, he owns this lighting company, uh, quite a big lighting company that uh, helps a lot of the uh, West End productions. Uh, basically, the West End is like Broadway, uh, basically in, in New oh. York, right? Uh, and uh, he 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 helps uh, a lot of the um, West End productions with the lighting equipment and stuff. So he's he he was he was um, very well based in the industry of entertainment and knew a lot of people and stuff. And um, he saw me perform. Uh, actually, it was the night I had the second interview with you. Um, that night, uh, he was doing the lighting for that show, and um, oh uh, I don't God. know if you remember. Uh, yeah, and he, uh, he, you know, um, about four months after that, uh, he, he called me and realized what was happening with the, the label I was on uh, at, that, at that time. And he said, listen, um, you know, I can see that you're having a bit of trouble. Um, you know, I'm, and at that time I was saying, listen, I want to come off the label to, you know, to Freaky Pug Records. And, and uh, I came off their label and he, he came along and said, okay, well, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm starting up a management company and uh, I, I would love for you to be, you know, my artist. I think you've got great potential and, and, and stuff like that. And he helped me kind of deal with a lot of problems that um, I had with, with uh, the label and stuff. And um, we got through that and other managements and stuff. And he helped me get through all of that and um, was very patient and, and things like that. So, I mean, you know, he, uh, from, from the word go, he was, he was very uh, focused on, on getting a job done. And uh, so, you know, so was I. And I guess it's, it's quite like a, a, a perfect marriage in a way if you, because he, he's very focused on, on very serious stuff. You know, he's very like, you know, no, you have to think of this now. Here, right now, is what you have to mm -hmm. think about. And where I am very, let's play at the O2 next week, you know. But in, in a way, that works, you know, as, as a management artist uh, relationship that works because you've got the enthusiasm coming out of one end and then the, the grounding coming from another and it, it, you never lose both, you know, and uh, I think it's important right. to have that. Uh, and he started up the management company and got me on his management company, and then, uh, which was called Headlight. And then um, uh, months after that, he, uh, you know, getting a few more artists on, onto his management company as well and, uh, and a few more staff to help him. He then um, uh, came up with Broken Door Records, uh, which um, is doing fantastic now. It's, uh, it's just opened a, an office in Berlin, um, and uh, one of the uh, em employees of Broken Door Records in Berlin uh, really, really digs my stuff and country music and um, says that uh, she will do everything she can to blast my stuff into Europe and, uh, and to get things, you know, rolling. So it's, it's, it's a really good turn, a turn for the good, you know, um, and I'm, I'm in a really good place at the moment in terms of that area. You're always in a wonderful place. That I like about you. You're just so adorable. <laughs> so proud. Okay. Um, so I wanted to know um, that you made the choice, um, as we started to talk about earlier, putting together this new band, of course, whose purpose is yeah. to peruse both the U.K. and the Europe, on, you know, Europe as far as on tour. And then you're kind of tentative to think about when you want to start that. But he noticed, and this is a very big observation, you're not coming here. No U.S., um, well, no me, no here. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, what the that, hell? That's, Hello. The reason why the reason why I haven't said um, I'm going to America yet is because there's um, uh, the, the, there's a there's a couple of bands on on uh, you know my management management's uh, label that that have been offered to go to America and stuff, but it's it's um, to get the the permit to to work over there because basically you're working over there, aren't you? You, you I'm playing over there and, right. and, and earning money. But to get the permit um, to, to be able to do that, it costs a lot of money. And obviously, um, the first tour that I'll do, I won't have the money to be able to buy a, a permit to, to go over to America. And, and that's not just for me. That's for the whole band as well, you know, and the management company and the, the label. And um, right. so what we're trying to focus on is getting a UK and Europe, European tour lined up so then we can build up enough revenue and money uh, to have in the pocket at the end of that um, tour to then at the end of that tour go right okay well we've got this amount of money let's now do okay. sign of America so that's why at the moment I'm keeping it quiet because I will go I will come and play in America you know hope it, well I will very very soon but um, it's probably not in the first tour that I do just because you know I, I want I need to build up some uh, some cash first to to come over to you guys. 
<sighs> sure. He goes on tour, and I don't. It's like the only show I'll ever get backstage to in my life, and it's not even. <laughs> but yeah, the, the good thing is, oh. is that you've got you know you, you can you can look forward to that because um and and then I'll have yeah. enough practice around the UK and Europe to to you know to work <laughs> out the songs perfectly, and then I'll come over to America and knock you guys out. Well, I have a hint for you because you know I noticed that you had mentioned this too on Facebook that you know I, I scrolled down and I noticed oh yeah he was looking to put this band together and you know what I will bet a dime to a dollar that you didn't know I told you if you just start walking the streets of London you know Kiefer Sutherland plays a guitar and he sings yeah yeah just saying well, you know but, but, I mean hello I, I you get have... money pretty quick that way yeah well I don't know if I told you but um, we actually uh, moved out of London um, to to a little seaside. <sighs> Uh, to a little seaside town, oh. actually, um, because and I'll tell you the reason why. Uh, the reason uh, being is because London, uh, as much as you may think is it glamorous and, you know, everyone is there, to, you know, and everyone succeeds there, it's, it's completely opposite. There's so much, um, the, the, the mind uh, frame of people in London is so busy, it's too business-like, it's too money-making, it's too, there's too much advertising, oh, okay. it's, it's too commercial. And um, so, you know, we, we kind of sat down and um, we said, listen, we need to be clever about this. Uh, we need to think, right, what's best of our career? What, how can we make our career succeed? Where, uh, because in, in a place like London, you're basically like a, a needle in a haystack. You know, you've got everyone trying oh, to do it in London. And um, there's no point in competing because it's, uh, you know, you need to know someone in London. And uh, you could be the best musician sure. in the world and not know anyone in London and you'd just be knocked down. So we kind of said, right, let's just move away somewhere where it's, it's quiet, we're by the sea. That will give me and my fiancé like a peace of mind to able to write better songs as well because you're not clouded in all these buildings and stuff. You've got all this amazing scenery. Um, you know, you can sit on the beach and write a song. So that was one of the, the, the uh, reasons why we moved, but also because the music scene where we live now is, is a place called Broadstairs. Uh, which is uh, mm -hmm. right on the tip of uh, England. Uh, it's southeast of, uh, of England. And it's got the most beautiful beaches and the most beautiful scenery. But most important of all, it's got the best music scene uh, that I've seen for, for a long time. Mm -hmm. Better than London in my, in my case. You know, you've got, there's a places left, right and center that are doing music nights on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And every night of the week, you, there's some, somewhere to go to, to play. And like you were talking about earlier, um, there's these jam places that you can go and play um, and just walk up on stage and play blues and walk up on the stage and play country with, with a band. And uh, you didn't get to do that with London because it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's too commercial. But here's so much more relaxed. Right. And uh, people, um, I'm able to connect more with people over here because people are a bit relaxed, much more relaxed. Uh, and they just take in life rather than trying to, you know, I don't know, hurry life up. And that's 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 um, that's the most beautiful thing around here is that music is is uh, part of everyone's life. Nice, very nice. Almost sounds like a Greenwich Village, so to speak, like in New York, or we've got versions of artsy sort of areas, and and that's yeah. very cool. And and that's I'd like to hear that obviously because you have to be a creature of your passion, so to speak. And the best way to do that is surround yourself where you need to be. Although that's probably not going to get you to find Kiefer Sutherland for me. Um, so yeah, well, that's not really helping me. Um, well, no. Well, the thing is, um, like, uh, it's 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 becoming it's it's looking like it's much easier um, to get known from this part of town than it is really? that, than it okay. would be in London, um, because people uh, get I don't know people latch onto you more over here because there's there's nothing to do here, you know. There's there's no um, you know there's like one cinema. There's there's um, you know there's hardly anything. That's probably it. You know, so no one's got anything to do but to go out and watch music. And if there's if there's a new guy on the block and they like him, then suddenly everyone kind of likes him and buys him stuff. And then suddenly they tell their friends, and then their friends tell. And then suddenly you're you're swept through the sure. UK because of just one little place. But like I said, in London, uh, you've got everyone trying to do it. So no one's got time to look for new artists. So we kind of made that decision okay. based on where can we go where people re re will respect a new artist and um and uh, i've been doing a lot of busking as well i don't uh, if you call it busking in america um mm -hmm. but basically i've i i managed a couple of weeks ago i went and busked in a little town called ramsgate which is not far from uh broadstairs and uh i you know the amount of 
generosity you see from people um, on on these streets is is, is absolutely nuts. Um, London was was nothing like that. People were digging in their pockets and throwing everything in in my guitar bag, and um, you know I was getting calls left, right, and centre to play in this pub and this bar and wherever, and um, so it really worked out really well uh, to move down here. And it's uh, I'll, I'll give it I'll give it by the end of this year, and I'll I'll you know hopefully make a name for myself down here. Hopefully. Are you kidding me? You made a name for yourself the first time you were on the show, probably before that. You were extraordinary before you met me, darling. Now it's just an enhancement every year. That's all I can say. Um, I know last time you were here, we obviously had played and showcased the song I'm Coming Home Tonight. Um, and in my yeah. opinion, bold and beautiful was that ballad, let me just say. And now I'm excited, of course, because I have another song that I want to play, um, which is entitled You Were the Only One. Um, I want to yeah. play it, but maybe yeah. you could just do a little lead-in to tell the folks exactly Where'd the inspiration come from this? What, why, why are you so touched or moved by this song of yours? <clears throat> yeah, well, this um, this song came about. Um, I think it was either the third or second song that I that I wrote uh, as a musician and as a singer songwriter. It was, you know, it's very basic. Um, but then again, all the all the you know the best songs in the world are very basic, I guess. But um, it was. It was primarily uh, my my dad my dad's situation where um, he I, I you know I had very little of him when uh, when I was younger and uh, left France uh, and you know I left we left him behind uh, I mean I'm just it was a very confusing sort of thing for me because I didn't really exactly know what's happened and to the to this day I don't know what's actually happening or what's happened, you know, I don't know um, even if he's alive or not, whatever, to be honest, but um, I wrote it because it was, it was a, I was in a confused state, and um, it's basically just saying, um, you know, what I was doing at that particular moment, I was very confused, uh, I didn't know what was going on, and I said, listen, if, if you were here right now, you'd probably be the only one that, to understand, because you're the one, you know, that, that probably caused the situation, I don't know, but you know, let me know, and uh, that's the way it c- came out of. Um, and you know, you've got the also the the instrumentation uh, where the, where the solo, the guitar uh, instrumentation comes in, and uh, that guitar solo is very based on the frustration of of that moment. Um, and you can hear it in 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 the, in the solo where it was, it's a very frustrated sort of sound, and uh, I hope that comes across. You know, but um, yeah, it was it was basically upon upon that uh, content. Wonderful. Okay, I'm not going to tell you what I think until the song is over with because it would only be fair to have everybody else listen to it. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and I'll play it and I'll give you a nice little break for like four whole minutes while this plays. So let's go for it. Uh, You were the only one. Okay. 
Wow. Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I noticed this much between the last song that I um, played on here and then this song. I just Maybe it's just my imagination, but you are starting to voice mature. I guess that's the one thing that kind of resonated through there. That, and, of course, this one to me just sounds like it has more of the old-time country feel as compared to, like, some of the newer country rock sort of stuff. But I know that that's, you know, primarily more your style. Um, yeah. I just, it's passion. It's the passion you protrude with every single song that you sing. It's just always predominant. It's just passion, passion, passion. Thank oh, my you. gosh. I just, oh, my goodness gracious, look at this. Now, I wanted to talk <laughs> a little bit about, um, I know I just get all, I get all frazzled about this kid, okay? Knock it off. It's a good thing. <laughs> so do um, I. So do I. <laughs> yes. It's awesome. Now, I know that you got the new album in the works, but we don't have it. Well, as far as I know, there's an undefined release date at this. Now, the new single that you're releasing, is that the one that you're doing? Because I don't think you told me what's coming out in the beginning of March. No. So, um, so there's, okay. basically, let me, let me um, tell you what's happening with, with releases. Um, I, I began to write an, an, an album, or began to, to make an album together um, before recording uh, these songs. And um, I, I recorded uh, three, three tracks that I believed were good enough to be singles of, uh, of, of my debut album. And um, as I started to record these three songs, I started to realize that they, that they wasn't, uh, I, I didn't find a, connect, a connection between these songs. And I, I wanted my first album to be, to be, you know, something that, I don't know, that, that just struck gold, you know. And especially in, in this day and age, you need to... Um, your first album needs to be something very special or you just won't be recognized at all. So I, um, you know, it was a hard decision, but I said, listen, okay, these three songs I've got recorded now, uh, let's release them as bonus tracks, just as single tracks. And it's probably, you know, never heard of before, not been done, but what, what stops us from releasing just single tracks, uh, maybe 60 days apart, that will give me time to sit down with, uh, you know, with the band, uh, with other people that I've met down here where I live now, and just begin to work on an album from scratch. What is happening in my life right now? What is happening in the world right now? And that's what that's what I, I decided was to release these next three songs. There's three tracks that will be released. Uh, that one is one of them. Uh, the the okay. first one, um, the first one, uh, I, 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 it's 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 quite a special one. I, I won't tell you exactly what it is, but it's. Uh, yeah, it, it will hopefully be released big, you know, uh, big end of February. So, 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 so not long. But um, uh, yeah, so after these three songs are released, um, or as soon as they're mastered, should I say, um, I will sit down with with people and write what is happening and write an album from scratch um, from the from the very beginning. Uh, and and do it like that. So then there's a connection uh, within the album, and that's that's how I kind of um, I'm planning to do it. So I'm you know I'm probably not going to be seeing or releasing an album uh, until probably I don't know mid m- mid to the end of this year. You know, um, but you know I, that's why I wanted to release these these three tracks. So then there's a bit of interest still there, uh, and in 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 anticipation of the album. So basically, I have to wait months and months and months and months and months if I want to fit. But wow. no, but 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 these but these two tracks, you, you know, they will be um, they will be released separately. So there will be um, you know uh, shows and and uh, different imagery for the uh, covers of of the singles. And because I I, I I want to take it back to those days where you know vinyls were around and um, the artist sure. the, the the artistic sort of look of of the CD and you know was important because nowadays you can just do everything on the internet and buy it on iTunes and but I, I kind of want to I don't want to lose uh, how it was done so I'm you know I'll be putting a lot of effort and I'm sure you know Broken Door Records and, and uh, my manager will will be um, helping me along the way to make each singular song that I release that these three tracks um, that they they will be special in their own way and uh, will will be you know good enough to listen to for for a good number of months until the album is 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 eventually out. But I will be you know I, I'm not going to be disappearing until the album is got, uh, until the album is is, uh, is 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 done obviously. But um, in terms of release releasing the next thing after these three tracks will be the album. But it, it'll be good, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it because I've got I, I've got a very good feeling in, in me and um, that. You know, it's just going to turn out to be a, a, a really a winner. So, 
Of course, wonderful. Now, I want to kind of turn wheels for just a moment here and want to talk about something that you had shared with me, of course, which is I was kind of surprised of the revelation that you had been spending some time um, collaborating with uh, rhythm and blues artists because obviously your forte is usually the country thing. So I wanted Mm. to ask, um, is that particular genre one of intrigue for you? And second of all, what were you hoping to accomplish through their tutelage? What sort of things have you taken away from that experience? Well, uh, as a guitarist, because uh, obviously I think um, when I first um, got into music, I I grabbed hold of the guitar first before really taking singing as a uh, as serious as guitar. But um, you know, I was I was listening to when I first got into music. Obviously, I was listening to things um, that were very um, blues orientated, uh, even if it's not noticeable. You know, you've got uh, you know your Richie Sambora from Bon Jovi who who grew up as a blues man. Uh, and obviously like Eric Clapton and, and um, Gary Moore. I mean, blues for me, mm-hmm. in terms of that, the guitar and, and, uh, and the, the, the tones that you can get in guitars, and it just, um, for me, that, that's, that's, I think, my... Uh, uh, it was just something just caught me with blues. And, uh, um, I've, 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 and then I've always loved country, obviously, the, the sweet sound of country and, the, and the, the storytelling in country music. And then I said, you know what, what why not completely put both together and obviously you know you've got that in i don't know southern rock um and you've got a lot of songs and artists these days that do incorporate that but um i I felt that that's something that i I wanted to do was to incorporate the blues uh style uh into what is going on in the country uh industry and um basically what's happening down here where i live there's a big blues movement uh a lot of blues artists um you know uh the older people um that that have been in the industry and that now have retired and that are just playing in local bars. Uh, there's a guy uh, by the name of Nigel Feast who is a, uh, a festival organizer and, and also an absolutely amazing uh, harmonica player. And uh, I uh, got the privilege to uh, jam with him on on a, on a, on a, in, in a bar somewhere in a jam night. And he gave me his card and said, listen, uh, you know, I'm inviting you down to the uh, Broadstairs Blues Bash, which is basically a, an annual thing. And uh, they, they use, I think, over uh, 15 different venues with over 40 different bands over three days. And um, basically on the Sunday, on the last day, uh, they hold basically a massive, you know, where loads of musicians go up on, on a stage and uh, basically like a massive jam thing, but on a massive stage in the, in the biggest venue probably around in, in, in uh, this, this part of the woods. And um, so he invited me down to that. Um, so then uh, I could, you know, appear and, and show what I've got to people sure. and, and hopefully, you know, uh, I'll be able to do a couple of my own tracks. And because I've, I've managed to uh, meet a lot of uh, musicians down here that now kind of know my stuff because, you know, I, I play my stuff in the jam nights and the, the band, you know, right. bass players come up and they just start to learn the song as we're playing it. And, you know, you've got drummers going, right, OK, all right, that's it. And then you've got keyboardists going, what, what, what are the chords? And, um, you know, that, that's how it kind of runs. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And that's on the 23rd of February, I think, uh, from 12 to 5 uh, PM and then in the evening I've got a show in the evening somewhere, but um, that's what I'm most looking forward to is is, uh, is that festival because I think it's going to be a pretty jam packed place. Uh, mm-hmm. and, the capacity, and that's February twenty third. You know, yeah, uh, February twenty third. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Now, my next question for you is the most simplistic one, because again, of course, I always take for granted the fact that there's always new listeners that come in with the old listeners. So kind of give them the opposite side, the flip side of Angelo, which is, okay, Angelo's not walking around with a guitar or a microphone plastered to him constantly, or a pen for that matter, I would hope. So when he's not, what is he doing? Well, when I'm not playing music? Mm-hmm. Um, what am I doing? God, um... Do you know what? I, I, to be honest, I'd probably feel lost if I didn't do that. I, I, I actually, I, I don't think I don't do it ever. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually trying to think what I don't, what, what I do apart from music. I mean, you know, obviously the, you know, like in the evenings um, and stuff, we'll, I'll, you know, we'll, you know, I'll, I'll definitely have, you know, I always make time for for my family, you know, and stuff like that. So there'll there'll be times of the day where. Um, you know, music will will kind of you know rest for a bit, and um, you know, uh, I'll have a little downtime with my kid, and you know, then later on in the evening have my downtime with with my with my girlfriend, and um, and then 
you know, and then a new day arises, and then it's back on music, and and you know, but I mean, being a musician, I guess it's it's very versatile in that sense. Your time can be very versatile. I, I you know, if it's a rainy day, then I'll stay in and work on recordings or work on music like songwriting and composing. If it's a sunny day, I'll go out and play on the streets. Um, you know, so at least you know I'm I'm playing and and constantly improving my voice and my presence and stuff and uh, getting an income as well because that, that, you know, that does pay the bills when I go and play out in the streets, believe it or not. Um, of course. And then uh, in the evenings, if there's something going on in the bar, then, you know, um, uh, I've got, you know, I'm really lucky enough to have a family that allows me to do that and is very supportive of me to, to go out and to, to chase my dream. And um, so I'll do that when, when the nights, when, when that happens. And if there's nothing going on in the evenings, then I'll just chill out and watch a film. You know, have a glass hmm. of wine. What, 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 what? You know, probably what you do, really. But you know, <laughs> like everyone else. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've I've found that now that I've gotten a little bit busier, there really is not much downtime. I'm kind of married to my laptop, or married to my phone, or married to my children, and that's you know pretty much how that whole kind of thing works. Um, and speaking of which, how is your Lady Loves musical career going? Because obviously, it would like oh well, I mean, you know, parallel. we've um, especially in in the last you know uh months it's 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 really progressed for her uh she um well she uh she's got together these eight tracks um that i helped produce and, and record for her and um and mm-hmm. she you know she that she that she wrote and uh she's creating an ep out of these eight tracks and we're currently just um mixing and mastering them now um and she's um going down this route of uh, God, I better be careful because she's listening to me now. So I should try and say it in a good way. <laughs> How? What? What is it? It's. It's like. It's like. Um. Uh, it's like R&B, hip hop with rock and a lot of things like that. You know. And and you know her her, her voice is obviously very very big and soulful and and anthem like and you know and then you 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 put into songs. I mean, it's indescribable, you know. It's it's something new and different, and I think um, you know uh, people are going to be in for a, a really good and healthy surprise when 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 things are released. And we're going to be working on a music video for for a single off of that. That should uh, you know that should be released soon. I, th- I think. Sure. Gotcha. Yeah. And I don't want to be remiss. I don't want to be remiss in telling our audience because they don't have the pleasure of knowing this, but I have the pleasure of knowing this. Not only are they both very perfectly suited for each other as boyfriend and girlfriend, even more so I'm certain will be husband and wife one day. She's just the loveliest thing. She's just, she's beautiful. She's very suited to you. She is just the heart, she's just the biggest heart of gold. So lovely, so understanding, so compassionate. She's been very, very kind to me. So you must tell her that yeah. I appreciate her existence in my life as much as I well, do yours. Uh, she's listening right um, now. So you, could, you could, you could. Oh, you good. Could, uh, she heard it. So yes, I don't even have to reiterate that. I've just said it all right there. I just, I. This is part of the. Um, I'm very fortunate when I met you that I got the both of you, and that's exactly how I feel. So I'm very fortunate in that regard. Um, and I don't want to be remiss in mentioning to the audience because this is news that you haven't heard. Our mutual friend, or I don't know if you're a mutual friend of his yet or not, Harry, who's a producer who actually lives in London. That's the individual I've been working on financing for my shows, my reality treatments that I've written. So we've gotten turned down the first round, but now we're going to the BBC and everybody in the UK. I'm crossing my fingers that we will have an answer within the next three to four weeks. But I will tell you whether Uh, I am London-bound and my show will be in London, or if TLC will pick this up, or the Bravo, or one of the channels, including Reels, if they pick it up here, I am proud to announce that no matter what endeavor that I will be doing, I am certain without any reluctance that Angela will be asked to produce music on one, if not all of these projects. Yeah. If you'll have me. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Well, That's you know, true. like you know, so the same. It's, it's the same. You know, the privilege to to have met you know uh, someone like you as well is is uh, you know don't don't take credit off of yourself because you know to have um, you know I was you know I was probably was meaning to say this but to have you know to to see the sort of life that you lead you know there's many people that will will struggle a lot and I think you you know you you need uh, you deserve to have a, a lot of love in your life because uh, you know you you, you put. You, you get put through things that, you know, not everyone gets put through. But just understand, and um, for listeners out there as well, that, um, you know, life is is uh, is, is going to be okay. Um, whether whether you think at that present moment that things are looking down or, or you feel in yourself that you don't feel, you, you don't feel, I don't know, loved or worthy of anything, 
just know that you, each individual person uh, listening to this now, and, and you, of course, uh, yourself, are, are so special in, in so many ways. You've got the, the, the ability to move mountains. You know, no one would have said that uh, in the first place if it wasn't true. You know, so it's, um, you need to understand that uh, no matter how many people are putting you down and how many people will put you down, because that's, that's the sort of world we live in at the moment, only at the moment, but um, that you are very special in every way. And uh, just just take that on board and live your life through that. And trust me, your life will be amazing. Oh, my goodness gracious. Look at that. <laughs> wow. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna be remiss in, and uh, hello, I should have talked about this. But just so you folks know, my new book, you know, the book I just published a couple of months ago, Mr. Angelo Tristan is in that, in uh, Nationwide Music section, as a matter of fact. Um, so yeah. I'm very, very pleased that he was my guest three times around, and he's in my book, and he's going to be in all of, all of my endeavors, period. Um, I, I need to do two more things before I let you go. Um, first of which is what we always do, which is I want to just make sure that I don't forget anything social media-wise. Um, I know you have the new website now, which is www.angelotristanmusic.com. You have yeah. a personal Facebook page and a fan page on Facebook. Um, yeah. Your Twitter at... Uh, Twitter um, is A Tristan Music, yeah. Yes. And then, of course, you're on YouTube and Reverb Nation and Google+. Is there anywhere yeah. else where we can find you? Uh, Social media gosh. Um, there's yeah, I mean there's pro- um, I'm on you know if you if you if uh, broken record uh, records dot com uh, I'm also you know featured on there and there's got more information and stuff and you know live shows and stuff. Uh, there's a new thing that my manager uh, managed to get me, which is this thing called Gigum, Gigum dot com or something, okay. uh, which is a new um, thing for artists and you know again it's got new things. Um, I managed to get myself um, a little uh, thing. Uh, I think it was um, something off of MTV um, that one of their pages, you know, has got upcoming artists and stuff. But that's uh, that's more of a hidden sort of thing. But I mean, yeah, you know, the easiest way is type in Angelo Tristan on Google, and somehow everything comes up. <laughs> Look at that. Of course, because you're all over the place, because you're a rock star. I keep telling you this all the time, but you don't listen to me. So I'm like, okay, fine. I also, well, you see, you I don't want to you forget. You have to look at yourself. You know, you're, you're this, you know, I'm the same as, you know, Jimmy Cranky from down the road, you know, except that I, I, I have a gift of singing, whereas that guy down the road has a gift of, you know, listening or something. You know, so we all need each other in this world. Exactly. I agree 100%. Now, give them the rundown one more time for the next two weeks outside of the festival. Where else can people find you if they want to go out and listen to live music? So, um, so I mean, I'll be all in and around Broadstairs and Ramsgate and Margate uh, in the Kent area. Uh, I'm playing on Saturday evening. God, I don't even know the place of the name, the name of the place. Um, I'll, I, will, I will, you know, it will be all over the internet anyway. But um, uh, the uh, Broadstairs Blues Bash, obviously, on uh, 23rd of february and then uh, on the same night i'm playing at the king edward the seventh uh which is um just me as an acoustic artist um but then mm-hmm. later on hopefully mid-march i'll be playing at the seabright uh, which is in london which is a very famous music venue and that will be full band and anything from then on uh, after mid-march will hopefully be full band full rocking country rock blues all of that stuff you know Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Now, you know this is tradition, and this is the third time around, and even though it's number three, I'm going to make you listen to this anyways. Anybody who listens to my show every day or regularly already knows that I take the last little bit of time, and I tell that person, in this case, Angela Tristan, exactly what I think of him, although he's probably heard some of this before. Let's see if I can sharpen my ass up a little bit, because <laughs> there's always new and interesting things to say. Um Okay, so this is my rundown of Angela Tristan. So for anybody that's listening, in case you haven't heard this before, you should pay attention very, very closely. Um, I'm a huge believer in the fact that fate and destiny tends to bring people together for whatever reason. In this particular regard, I find myself immeasurably blessed on so many levels by meeting this person. First of all, when I met him, what's remarkably refreshing about him, and I've said this before and I'm going to say it again, is his exuberance, the fact that he's a younger musician who exudes so much passion for his craft that, that finds it vitally important to pass along those messages, as I said, of love and inspiration and hope 
to keep that message alive and burning, I think, is far more important to him than whether he packs a house of 20,000 people. The message is clear. His messages are always clear. He is a person of high class and distinction in his crowd. For being such a young man, as he said, there's, a, there's just tons and tons of musicians that just line the walls all over London. But he stands out, and he stands out to me for a number of reasons. He's, he is just so immeasurably adorable. And I say that because he's half my age. He's my son's age. And I couldn't be any prouder of him as if I was his real mom, so to speak. I, I've kind of watched him move along in his career path. He's made tremendous strides in a short amount of time. He works so hard to make sure that both himself and everyone around him is so well represented. He is a 100% class act. And there is absolutely nothing that I wouldn't do for this person as a musician or as my friend. But I swear to God, if he doesn't get married in the next year, he's driving me nuts. <laughs> he deprives me. He forgets. He deprives me of the right of coming to London. And, and it's not because he's getting married. It's just because I want to see one of my idols face to face because I'm truly an Angela Tristan Kirby. So all of you listening, You're gonna make you should cry be now. well. Well, you know what? Kudos right back at you because I made this post of you're the first an only guest to make me cry on my own show. Usually it's the flip side. Usually I get the team to work in, but that's <laughs> well, rare no, that anybody you know, gets I, me As soon as the news of, of the wedding is, is down, you know, you, you know <laughs> I, I don't know how we'll do it. We'll find a way and we'll get you a ticket over here and, and you and your, and your, your kids. And you have to get my fantasy date. Because if I can't get Kiefer, there could be a problem. Um, I'm just getting frustrated. No, I, I mean, I'm starting to give up. I'm like, my God, he's right in London, but it's like he's not really right there, you know. It's frustrating. Uh, chasing him around is like much more work than it was to get you or probably anyone on my show ever. I'm like, I'm just going to give up on did, get, I don't did, know. Did you actually know get him on your show? Well, no, I'm getting his mother on my show, actually, but I have to do it live. Apparently, she doesn't want to do internet radio. So Shirley Douglas, his mother, I'm going to go to Canada. And when I do my book signings there, um, I'm going to hook up with her publicist so that we could do something in person. She's a woman in her 80s. She's much older, uh. um, you know, and typically in a wheelchair. And, I, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for her. It's not really to get to her son. I mean, I really do. Without that interview I watched to the both of them, I would have never started my third show, my Canadian show, which is about to start. So... They're very impressive to me that they're royalty in their area. And I think, you know, she is a woman of high accolades. I would love to meet her in person and interview her. Um, and Kiefer, I got one more shot. If I don't get to London, I know that May is the Fox party here. In, uh, well, not here, but it's in New York. So I might be able to squeak in with a good friend of mine to go to that. So I'm not oh, going to give up. I'm lucky you are. You just get to speak I'm... to go to New York. I mean, that's just crazy, you know. <laughs> Well, don't tell anybody, and you didn't hear this from me, because the only people who know this that are listening, but I've been talking to somebody that I like in New York, so I might, might just slip away there for like two days this weekend for Valentine's Day. Uh, I might. See, there we go. We'll just see. I'm trying to keep it alive. Put yourself in downtown. Well. There you go. You deserve it. <laughs> well, as you know, and as we all know, of course, my child has become my priority in this illness and stuff. So I'm, I'm just not so sure it'll happen. So I'm going to, I'm trying not to get excited right now. We'll just see how it goes. This yeah. was like the most excitement for me. Not only do I get you, but then I get to do the Kiss Tribute Band guys later. So I'm even more excited. <laughs> so I'm like, this has make been sure, awesome. Make sure, to tell, make sure to tell your son that me and, uh, you know, my, my fiance, Nana, are very proud of him. And we're very proud of you as well. And uh, that tell him as well that, everything is going to be fine and he's going to be an amazing person when he grows up. <laughs> I will do that. And in fact, I will have him listen to this part of the interview and then he can hear it himself because I'm very big okay. on incorporating my children into everything that I do. So it's amazing. So again, I want to say one more time to you. Thank you so much, my dear, for taking the time. Please no, come you. back anytime you like. Um, and, You've given me something to work on now because of the fact when I um, was listening to you, I might very well go to that venue that you were talking about. It sounds to me like it's biker relative. Perhaps maybe you and I could all work together with them and see if we could orchestrate a signing there since part of my book is biker relative. Then it gets a gig for yeah. you, it gets a gig for me, and then I get to come there sooner. Yeah, what I'm saying. yeah we'll definitely this do that. We'll definitely we'll do that. Definitely. All right. That sounds great. I will make sure that later on tonight or tomorrow I'll post all this information up about Angelo on my personal page or my show page, one, both. I'm not quite sure yet. I'll make sure to get everything all up um, so this way people know how to find you. And don't be a stranger, huh? And get working I will on that never be a stranger. I will never be a stranger. Don't you worry about that. Please don't. Send your lady love a very big hug for me, and happy Valentine's Day to you guys. And, and like I said, we'll be in touch very Thank soon. You. Enjoy your weekend. You too. You too. All right, Del. We'll be in touch. See ya. See ya.
All right, folks, that was Angelo Tristan on my phone, or I should say on my show. Uh, again, I don't mean to sound so silly and stupid, but I have to say, like I said, I, I'm, I'm very, very proud of him for being such a young man and for all the accolades that he's accomplished so far. And accolades a lot of times in grown-up society doesn't always necessarily mean that he has a pocket lined with millions of dollars, et cetera, et cetera. It's that he's rich in heart, he's rich in purpose, and he's rich in passion. And for me, those three accolades matter more than anything else you could do. So my friend Angelo, thank you so much for that. Again, one more time, he has a personal and fan page on Facebook www.angelotristanmusic.com. His music can be listened to on YouTube or Reverb Nation. And, of course, his Twitter handle is at atristanmusic. I want to remind everybody today, 6 o'clock Central Standard Time, that's in four hours from now, exclusive Milwaukee's favorite KISS tribute band, Dr. Love, is going to be on at 6 o'clock. Dave is going to be representing the band collectively. So hopefully I'll have some new and interesting questions for him, and we'll get to learn more about how they formulated themselves into the new and modern KISS. So I look forward to meeting you back here then. Thanks for listening.